You are listening to the Power of Why podcast. We're created to function in, in many capacities. And I don't believe the concept of you cannot have it all. That's a lie. You can have it all if you plan your life effectively. You may not have it all in the same proportion. Because right. some things may have, you may have to sacrifice some things, but you can't have it all. So it's, it's just that, that belief that I go with to just make time for everything and make sure that nothing is suffering. Welcome to another episode of The Power of Why, where I talk to creatives and founders about their purpose and how they've navigated living in a way that feels honest. Also, I recently started a Substack newsletter to share episode recaps. Y'all were asking for more direct ways to engage with the power of why, so you can find the link in the description. Make sure to connect with me there. All right, let's dive right into this week's episode. Jasmine, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, Naomi. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. We've, we met recently, well, yeah, about four or five months ago at, a, at the SoGal Pitch Competition. Yeah. Um, after communicating a little bit online and I'm so blown away by the work that you are doing in your business and the impact that you've made thus far, you know, coming to Canada as well and your whole journey. So I'm excited to dive in. Thank you. Me too. So Jasmine, for some context, is an organizing and productivity consultant and coach for business leaders and their teams. She's the founder and CEO of Jessiel's Charm, which is a one-stop shop for organizing and productivity solutions. She has provided organizing and productivity coaching and consultancy services to individuals, households, businesses, not-for-profits, government institutions, and the private sector. So she's seen you know, so many different areas of the working and business world. She's the founder and lead instructor at the Organizing Academy and an organizing business mentor, providing guidance to emerging professionals in the organizing and productivity industry. And, you know, actually speaking, before speaking to Jasmine, I didn't realize how vast this industry was, and she's definitely going to talk a little bit more about that too. Jasmine holds a BSc in economics with a minor in education is an OCP, which is an Oracle Certified Professional Database Administrator and a Certified Professional Organizer. She is a speaker, a writer, a trainer, and an advocate for a sustainable development. And I think, you know, at the forefront of her work too, Jasmine is passionate about helping people enjoy a life of focus, freedom, and fulfillment through the concepts of organizing and productivity. So again, thank you so much. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your origin story. How did you grow up? What was, you know, your early life like? Do you have siblings? All the good stuff. Yeah, I love that first question. I grew up in Nigeria. So I was born and raised in Nigeria in a very conservative Christian family, right? So it was very interesting growing up. We lived in neighborhoods that had lots of people. But one of the things that is the most significant of my growing up was my dad coming back and telling us, uh, we were five girls, and I'm the oldest of five of them. And my dad would come back and tell us, you know what people are asking me, don't you want a boy? You need a boy to carry on your legacy. You should have a boy. You're an African man. And my dad would tell them, I don't think I need a boy. God gave me all girls, and I'm, I'm a proud hashtag girl dad, you know, at the time, hashtags were anything. <laughs> uh, you know, so my dad would come back home and tell us, you guys will have to, you guys are going to make me proud, right? You're going to tell the world that. God gave me girls and he didn't make any mistakes. So my dad would constantly tell us that, encourage us. My dad was like my number one motivator while I was growing up. He would always, mm. you know, paint the picture of Margaret Thatcher at the time. Yeah. He would tell me how great a woman she was. Everybody knew her at the time. Iron lady, very resolute, very determined, you know, knew what she wanted, stood for what she believed in. So my dad would always paint the picture of Margaret Thatcher in my head and always tell me you can be like her. So that was how, that was the kind of environment I grew up in. You know, my dad telling me you can be a powerful woman, you can stand for what you believe in and create impact in the world. Uh, then I graduated from university and the first job I ever got was working, I worked in the government, I worked with the government. So I was a special assistant to a commissioner in the, in the Ministry of Education at the time. And I remember just, you know, starting that job, just left school, didn't have any experience, but just loved to work. 
my boss calls me one day and he says to me, he calls me into his office and he says to me, wow, you remind me of Margaret Thatcher. Oh, wow. You know, I know, right? So that was, I, I literally froze. I stood and I looked at him and I started laughing. And he was like, wow, is that funny? I said, because that's the picture my dad painted of me, of the mm. kind of woman who wants me to be someone who, you know. So I asked him, why did you say that? He said, you know, I've seen the way you do your job. I even get reports from people who say you're very tough. You want things done exactly the way they should be done. You take your job so seriously, you know. So it's amazing. I told him, well, talk about alignment and how, what my dad used to say to me back in the days, my boss is saying to me now. So all through while I worked for him, he would always say, hmm, Margaret Thatcher is coming, you know? <laughs> so it was really funny, but just a bit about my history and, uh, and how I grew up, which, which is, which I love so much. Yes. And you know, all of these are determinants for, you, you know, at the time you probably didn't even realize what was happening, but those seeds that your father planted of, you know, emulating this, this strong, you know, very powerful woman was planting seeds within you at a, such a young age. And I'm curious what the dynamics were amongst your, your sisters, like, you know, having the support of them as well throughout your, as you grew up and as you evolved, what was, what was it like being amongst four other sisters? It was amazing. My, my dad would do a lot of work on me because he felt that if I set the pace right, the others would follow. You know, there's this adage in my place that says when the first person gets it right, every other person, you know, gets it right. So my dad always told me, you're the oldest, you're, you're the leader, you have to lead yourself so that you can lead your siblings. So mm -hmm. I think, but I had amazing siblings. Of all of my, my, five, my four sisters, I am the most outgoing and the most, um, I would say, ambitious and very, you know, forthcoming, always, always questioning things, always expressing my, my concern for things, always challenging things that I didn't quite understand. But I had other sisters, I had two sisters that were very quiet, like introverted, very, you know, more subtle in the way they approached life. But myself and one of my other sisters were very forthcoming. Sometimes we challenge my dad and my mom and say, oh, no, we're not going to, you know, we, we want to accept this. Tell us why we should do this and all of that. Uh, so I grew up in a very amazing, different personalities in my household. Like you would be amazed if you see all of us gathered. You, mm. I mean, except for the facial resemblance, you'd be like, are you all from the same parents? Because somewhere very, I have a sister who doesn't talk. She could be in a place for for years and you would never hear her voice but mm. i was the, i think i was the most outgoing of all of them would you say that type of you know determination persistence being forthcoming challenging authority all these things would you say it's been pretty consistent amongst your journey um whether it was in university or entering the workplace or did you was it did it evolve at all do you find that there were periods where you didn't emulate yes. those type of personalities and why yes because I, like i said earlier on i grew up in a very conservative household uh, my dad's a christian actually pastor he, he, he pastors a church so you know you had to live by rules and regulations you had to live by the book um and i had the fear of my dad you know the fear of an african yeah. parent is the beginning of you know behavior so i would comply even when inside even when deep down i didn't want to follow some of the rules but i just didn't want to break my parents heart i didn't want to make them sad so i would comply for a long time until i got to the university and i was uh, getting ready to graduate that was when i started to you know be more vehement in the way that i would question things because i'm like oh i'm an adult now you know now i can just run off and do life on my own i don't have to depend on mom and dad so i'm going to question everything so i think there were times where i suppressed when i suppressed that you know innate uh tendency to question to challenge things i suppressed it a lot just to keep peace you know between myself and my parents and everybody you know who knew me growing up like my church community and uh you know a lot of people in my life at the time but i got to the point where i said no now i think i have uh i have i, I have leverage now so i can you know rise up and stand for myself and question things Mm -hmm. And also empower other people while you do that, too. Yeah. Uh, for you, uh, you mentioned growing up in Nigeria, you came to Canada with your family. And, you know, you had built this business already back home, which is what you were explaining to me. And can you talk about, you know, what that process was like coming here and almost rebuilding your business and, and talk a little bit about the work that you do now? Yeah. So I started in Nigeria in 2011 just um after i had my first child yeah 
I started a business when nobody else was doing that. I, I, I was working in insurance before. So when I got pregnant, my, my husband and I had this conversation that, you know, you can't not continue to do the kind of work that you do after we have the baby because my husband was in the financial sector as well. He was working in the bank. So we had this very crazy work, uh, hours. So he said, some, you, you might have to quit your, cause he was more advanced in his career than I was. So I had to quit insurance and I was thinking, what business would I want to go into? And there were many options. Because prior to then, I had done business, like I had traded, I had done, you know, buying stuff and flipping and selling for, you know, so it's something that was already naturally, uh, it was akin to me, it was something I naturally would love to do to, 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 to retail, to sell, but I didn't want to sell, I wanted to serve. So I started mm -hmm. asking myself, how could I serve? And I started, you know, doing a lot of soul searching, what am I good at? Then I realized, you know, I love to create structure i love to have you know create order make sure that things have you know make sure that there are processes in place for things to thrive right. which is which is a trait that i picked from my dad my dad is very principled very patterned very procedural you know he likes processes so that was how i got inspired to go into the business of organizing which wasn't a thing in nigeria at the time so i literally pioneered yeah. uh, the industry in nigeria in 2011 and i was just you know starting out in a new market having to convince people that the services you're providing are worth it and you know having them value it and willing to pay for the value so it was really hard it was tough the first few years so the people that i would typically sell my services to were friends or my husband's friends or colleagues or people who knew me yeah. but over time we broke into the market we served residential or uh, clients we served people in the business sector i worked for a lot of businesses we were you know organizing like restaurants fashion houses uh medical organizations legal firms they were inviting us to come and look at their space and help them create structure and all of that kind of stuff so i did that in nigeria until 2015 when you my husband said he had to come study here in canada and so we just all got up and left nigeria so coming here and it's just been interesting because i like you said, I felt coming here will make it easier. I felt, okay, I was going to the Western world. I was going to, you know, North America. People will understand the concepts easily, so it will be easy to sell. But I still came here and I realized that we still have a lot of work to do. Our industry is still not where it's supposed to be. People still need a lot of explaining before they understand how an organizing company can serve, serve their needs. Right. And awareness building too, right? Yes. I'm yes. curious about that tipping point when you were in Nigeria and what the tipping point specifically of it went beyond people in your immediate circle. It went beyond colleagues and, and friends and family and into uh, more of these larger companies. What exactly do you feel were the really important pieces for that to happen? Well, it was just consistency uh, and a strong, a firm belief in what you've been called to do. You know, there were times when friends called me and said, do you really want to do this? I mean, you could do anything. You are very successful. You know, a friend told me, you know, you could sell sand to somebody who lives in the desert, <laughs> right? You are that great at making people believe in what you're selling. I used, I've seen you sold things. I've sold jewelry. I've sold, I've, I, I did a lot of fashion retailing. So she said, you could sell anything. Why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you trying to organize people? Why are you, mm. you know, so passionate about this? Why do you feel that your life's purpose is attached to this? And I told her, man, I found this. I'm not letting it go. So, but there were times when I got to the point where I almost quit because I, I, I was doing, spending a lot of time marketing, going to do presentations, you know, going to firms who, you know, I'd, spoke, I'd spoken to somebody who worked there and they said, okay, come in and do a presentation to our management team. And I will go with all of my technology and all trying to convince them that I'm here to help you podcast right. and all that. Then I would not get them book me or, you know, buy my services. At the end of the day, I would just spend time, hire people, go there and all of that. But I just kept, what I would say was the, the, the ingredients that made that happen was that consistency going back and forth. Then just starting small, starting to organize people's homes. I made the first client who brought me into her business, brought me into her home first. Right. And so how you know my team and I did a great work. She was like, "Gosh, I need you in my space. I need you in my business space. We have a lot of craziness going on there." And right. that's how I transitioned from being residential to going into businesses. So I, I would say consistency and just having that strong belief in what it is you've been called to do. Yes, 
And I've taken, because this is a very vast and new area that, you know, that you've educated me on briefly. I, and I've had a chance to take a look at your website and a lot of the thought pieces that you have there. There's this concept of the eight zones of, of genius in the organizing and productivity space. Can you talk a little bit about what exactly that is and where you feel that you fall into? Sure, I love, love, love that question. So when people think of our industry, the organizing and productivity industry, they typically think residential organizing. And you know, I've been trying to make people understand that that is just one aspect of a long value chain. We have many ways that we serve. And even in the residential organizing space, we have another value chain. We have a long value chain going on in that segment. People just typically think um, an organizing professional is gonna come and get rid of clutter in my physical space, clean out my closet, uh, you know, and all of those kind of things. But there are many ways that we serve. And I was able to come with that concept, come up with the concept of the eight zones of genius in the organizing and productivity space, because I have been privileged to serve across different segments in the market. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just me wanting to, I love to explore, I'm very adventurous, but it wasn't just me wanting to explore, it was me just be finding the need to serve, having people say, can you do this for me? Can you, you know, uh, while I was working in the residential space, a client said, oh, right, you organized my home, now we're building a new home. Can you consult with our architects? Can you consult with the builders to help us understand the different elements that the home should have? Then all of a sudden, I saw myself looking at floor plans and right. giving advice, like, you know, they should have this figured out, they should have this, this, you know, um, um, this uh, specification is not right. Can we add more furniture, furniture into this unit? Can we move things around? You know, so I saw myself advising in that regard and hiring architects on, on my company as, as my team members to help me serve my clients. So the agents of genius are multiple ways in which an organizing and a productivity professional can serve the world. I started out in the tidy zone. The tidy is one of them. I think it's the most popular zone. So that's where, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with our industry, you may have heard of um, um, a Japanese organizer called Marie Kondo. Yeah. She, she premiered uh, one of her, she premiered the Netflix show early last year that went viral and everybody was talking about the tidy, uh, the tidy movement. The, yes, uh, yeah. like the minimalistic. Did her book come out before her television series? Yes, the book was out right. way before, yes. Yeah. yes. So so people see her and they see our job only from that line. That's the tidy zone. That's just one of eight zones. We have people who work in the project management zone. I've worked in that zone as well. We have people who work in the education zone, which is where I sort of evolved into right now. But I started in the tidy zone. I just loved to arrange physical spaces, arrange things, get rid of clutter. But when I did more of my work, I realized that I was beginning to like marinate my soul in the concepts of organizing. And I would find myself coaching my clients one-on-one -on -one and I realized that I love to transfer knowledge. So yeah. education is one of the zones. For those of us who do more coaching, we're working with people, like people whose children have, you know, some challenges, some cognitive disorders or just executive functioning disorders, uh, we reach out to them. People whose children have ADHD or they have hard times focusing, we provide solutions for those kinds of needs. Or we're training organizations and their members, you know, helping people acquire the skills of organizing. So that's where I settled into, but I moved around different zones of genius. So if you ask me, my ZOG in this space is the education. I just love to help people acquire skills. I just love knowledge transference. Mm -hmm. And that is that exactly how the organizing academy came to be? So essentially like an education hub that you created and breathed life into, um, you know, to support folks to, it's almost like you took your knowledge from organizing space and turned it into like, how do we um, how do we organize and leverage knowledge so that we have the mindset that yes. that is required to not only you know have these systems in place but also maintain them because I think too there's this incredible author named James Clear and he wrote a book called Atomic Habits and mm. one of the things that really resonated with me is he said you know, we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. And I had mm -hmm. to sit with that for, for a bit because in the same way that, you know, if my room is messy right now, 
or my my office is not organized and tidy but let's say every saturday or you know once a month this is what i like to do where i just like purge everything in a week it's going to be the same thing <laughs> it's <laughs> going to find ourselves in the same situation if i didn't almost embody that type of mindset where i'm tidy all the way through like it's part of my identity to be organized and productive mm. so it's almost like you know we build this we we have this clean space because you know once a month i go and i organize but because i haven't changed my mindset and my belief around you know what does it mean to be an organized individual i'm just going to we're going to fall back to where we were before and so mm. i think your approach to helping people with the knowledge piece and understanding how we can build productive systems is incredible because we can apply it anywhere so can you talk a little bit about the organizing academy and what oh you're trying to goodness. do there Oh my goodness, I love your question and I love that you are just helping me, you know, share and express the love that I have for the work that I do. Yeah. So absolutely, I love what you said. I love that quote that you do not rise to the level of your goals, you settle to the level, you come down to the level of your system. So it, at the end of the day, it, it boils down to systems, the systems that you have created in place. And I looked around and I saw the huge knowledge gap regarding the work that we do. People will think, uh, I just need to hire somebody to come into my home and do something and flip things around and off they go. Organizing skills are life skills. Everybody, regardless of whether you're, you have a standby, ready organizing expert who comes into your home, who consults for your home, you need the skills. Your family members need the skills. Your household, your organization, everybody needs to understand and acquire basic life skills. And organizing skills are life skills. When I, when I do um, talking in this regard about my job, I ask people, the fact that you need a doctor doesn't mean you, you shouldn't understand basic health habits or basic health skills that you need to acquire in your life for your daily functioning right you right. need a doctor doctors are always going to be there for those expert cases for you know every now and then you visit a doctor but you need to understand basic hygiene skills basic health habits that you need to incorporate into your life whether you have a doctor or not so whether you hire an organizing professional or not you just need to have the skills and that's how i was inspired to create the organizing academy because i saw the huge knowledge gap people didn't understand the value of organizing skills and if you don't understand the value of your thing you're not going to want it All right so i decided to create a platform where people can go and get gain insights you know understand what it is about understand how they can apply these skills to their lives like i told i love how you talked about having that mindset having that mindset so that when you are hiring somebody you even know what to expect you know whether that person is doing their job right you know whether they have the right strategies to help you, you need to have common basic skills you know, for those things to work, for even a relationship with an organizing consultant to be fully maximized. So that's why the Organizing Academy was created. It was also created to, to motivate and inspire and um, educate the people who serve in this field. Because again, the knowledge gap is not just with the general public. It's also with the professionals who don't really understand the vast, I mean, the many ways that they could serve and the benefits of, of the so when you ask a typical professional in my field what do you do they would say uh, we bring order and efficiency to people's lives you know but that's the how it's not the right. what it's right. not the what what you do is not and i'm not going to talk about that now so that i don't take much of your audience system but that's not the word the what is bigger than just bringing order and efficiency but right. beyond the words i love to focus on the why like mm -hmm. i make reference to simon sinek's golden circle when i talk about my yes. business yeah. Any business owner has to narrow, take a deep dive into the, the why. The why is at the core of everything. Everything else comes after the why, you know. So that was why I was inspired to create that platform. Mm -hmm. And how has your business in the, in the organizing academy evolved? And are there certain gaps that you're hoping like in the next couple of years to help fill when it comes to the challenges that you're seeing amongst individuals? Uh, here in Canada, for example. Yes, not just in Canada, all over the world. Naomi, the future of life and work is here. Mm -hmm. The new economy is here. We cannot continue to live the way that we are living. Things have to change. Habits have to change. Lifestyle choices have to evolve. Behavioral patterns have to be addressed. There are a lot of things that need to be worked on. And I see people not equipped for the future that we're waiting for, the future that's already upon us, actually. So the Organizing Academy is here to help 
you know, foster those conversations? How do you live in your household? How do you reduce your carbon footprint? How do you ensure that your home is, you know, environmentally friendly? How do you ensure that you're making wellness enhancing choices every day? How do you ensure that you're managing your resources? By resources, I mean every aspect of your resources, your time, your space, your energy. One of my colleagues says yeah, is don't run out of steam. She uses the STEAM acronym to represent all the resources that organizing can help you manage. Your space, your time, your energy, your attention, and your money. Wow. You know, so how can we help wow. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait, whoa. Can you sit and ruminate on that a little bit more? Because I think, like, when we think of, when, what I understood when I heard that was your environment. Like, everything. Like, our environment is not just what, you know, it's not just the surface level of what we think when we hear environment. It does the physical, yeah. Right, it's, it's so much more than that. And I like how she also incorporated the energy piece too, because all of these functions are interrelated, yeah. right? And I think, yes, that's, that's incredible. That's a really profound piece, well. Mary, I'm gonna give a shout out to her. Her name is Claire Kumar. She's a productivity consultant, just like myself. Yes. We've worked together a couple of times. So Claire says, don't run out of steam. If you need help, get help. Hire an organizing professional, hire an organizing consultant, a productivity consultant, whether for your personal life, your residential life, or your business life. You need to make sure that at every point in time, you are managing and maximizing your scarce resources. Right. Because they're scarce, your time, your energy, everything, they're scarce. They're very limiting. So you have to be able to find ways to utilize and maximize them. Yes. So, so that's... Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, Jessica. The Organizing Academy is here to just create, foster those conversations. How can we help, you know, individuals, households, businesses? How can we equip them for the future of life and work by helping them understand the basic organizing skills? to organize every aspect of their lives. I feel that we have, a, we, have a, we have immense potentials with the work that we do in the organizing space. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the future of life and work will do for the job, for the work that we do, and how it can help us you know, serve more people and create more impact in the lives of people. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't fall short that the future of the work is here today. And yeah. so how, like, would you say that most of your, the only reason that I referenced Canada specifically was when you are going into these organizations, there's obviously that physical piece. So how much of your work is done in the US or in, in Europe and you know, back home? And how do you want to see your business grow and evolve and take on this like international landscape? Well, thank you for that wonderful question. Um, still doing a lot of strategy and a lot of um, building and development. I spent, I think I spent the last two years doing a lot of development. Uh, right now we're launching out. So we're launching out with a lot of solutions, a lot of uh, frameworks, a lot of models of thinking, a lot of tools and techniques to help people. Uh, but currently I serve, because I have uh, uh, most of my online content or products are available, are easily accessible from anywhere in the world. So I still have clients who reach out to me from Nigeria. Yes. I have people who, you know, who would use my services from the United States, from the UK, but the bulk of my clients currently are from Nigeria and Canada. Mm -hmm. So, so the, the solutions we have, that's how we built the Organizing Academy to be like this digital hub where anybody from anywhere can access. I mean, someone should not be limited by, by ge geographical location. If you need access to how can I organize my life, how can I get, you know, how can I have the mindset of an organized person? The yes. Organizing Academy is there to give you access to online courses. We have courses, we have learning content. We also have coaching. I do sometimes, I, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Then I also do group coachings as well. So we, we, we are reaching people from everywhere, hoping and this year to build a team, to hire more people, and also to train people who want to support folks in this light. So if yes. you're passionate about organizing, if you've ever dreamt about a career in helping people create structure in their lives, especially as we're 
into the future of life and work as we speak, how, how we need to change our mindset um, in the new economy. If you are passionate about these kinds of conversations, maybe you should you know, stick around our platform because we have some things coming up in the future, very near future, where we're going to be training people, training uh, like lifestyle organizing consultants, residential organizing professionals who will be equipped to serve anywhere in the world with the, their skills and their, their skills, talents, and passion. Yes, and just means all of her contact information and website will be in the show notes. So if that is something that, this is something that interests me as well. So I'm definitely going to, definitely going to chat further about that because, you know, when it comes to building anything of scale, I think, you know, it obviously starts very small, but you reach a point where you need more people and you reach a point where you know, the systems that you didn't put in place, maybe you're not feeling the repercussions of that, but mm-hmm. it's going to be the thing that makes or breaks your business when it comes to growing, right? Yeah. If that's something that you want to do. And so for you, can you talk a little bit about what the highs and lows of building something for the, from the ground up has, has been like and what your experience has been like? Yes, definitely. So I, I, I'm a very optimistic person. So I always love to come with from a, a positive perspective. I love to only see highs, but, but that would be very unrealistic to not talk about the lows. So for me, let me start with the lows so I can end on the high, okay? Okay. <laughs> the, 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 the lows would be for me uh, the finding it hard to communicate the value that we bring as an industry, as a mark, as a, as a firm, as a company in an, in an industry that's just evolving. Right. I mean, we're not that mainstream, mainstream yet. We're just getting out there. I mean, thanks to the Netflix show, thanks to, you know, the bars around decluttering, but we're still not mainstream because people don't fully understand how we serve. So having to communicate the value that you're bringing, having to share the vision and have people tap into that vision has been the low for me. That's just been the, only, the major low in the business. Building something that you're passionate about, you know that this can change the world, that this can change the life of a family, this can change the life of someone who's dealing with a lot of issues for mental health issues too. This can be you know, a, a tool, a technique to help them do life better. Just having that strong belief, but not finding people who align with that purpose, who align with the passion could be really hard. So that, that would be the low for me. That would be the loop when, when you're building something from the ground up. And I am building something in my marketplace that sort of deviates from the norm in the market. So the norm in the market is people all, often talking about the physical, the physical. I mean, it's great. I did some of that. You know, I would show pictures of nice spaces that we have organized, um, nice closets and colorful, color-coded shoes and all of that. But the way that Jasmine works, I not superficial i'm very granular in everything i do sometimes it's like a problem like why are you digging Mm -hmm. why are you going deeper why can't you just stay on the surface why can't you settle i never settle i'm digging i'm developing myself so what i spent the past few years doing was just developing content developing frameworks and now that i have validated the frameworks that we have developed it's now time like you said to reach out to launch out and empower more people to now be able to serve to step into their purpose and serve because we validated that this is a need, this works, and this is the way to help people. So I came up with a framework called the 10 principles of organizing. And it's just amazing what that framework has done for some people. Mm -hmm. If I teach a client that they understand the 10 principles, they're going to make the organizer who they hire do their job way better than they do it normally. So organizers in my field typically go in with just three principles of organizing, but there are 10. To, to fully, to help people fully, you know, maximize their resources and fully enjoy the benefits of an organized lifestyle. You need to go with 10 core principles. So that's one of the frameworks that we've built just to empower people to be able to serve in ways that make us look really professional, that we know the why, not just the how. We right. know the why and the what of our, of our, of our profession. Mm-hmm. And is that what led you to also launching the ebook? Because it's definitely to have this message. There's only one of you, but the fact that you took the time to do the hard work, and this is like the creative output of, you know, how you're actually serving people and, and why and the impact and the results that it has in their life in a way that's easy, very easy to distribute, right? 
Yeah. And it doesn't require you to be in 500 places at the same time. It's like, no, these are the principles that you can then employ. And if you need one-on-one coaching or if you need me to be there to take you to another level, that's where that's I'm here. Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah. such a smart way through um, co- courses, online courses, the articles that you've been writing. Like you provide so much value. And Thank so you. I'm just so blown away by your work. Thank you for uh, the acknowledgement. Yes. And something that I love to, to talk to people about is when you're, you know, when you're building anything, let's say I'd, I'd love for you to choose like a product or service that you've built in the past. Mm-hmm. And what can you walk us through what the vision and strategy was for that product initiative? Okay, so the one that comes to heart for me right now is a life event that I did last year. Okay. called the organized businesswoman event okay so that the need for that came from just hanging out in spaces where many business women hang out because i'm a businesswoman of course and i hang out i go for networking events i uh, i was a member of an association of women in business and i talk to business women i find them in my circle and the conversations were always around, oh, we're stressed, we're overwhelmed. You know, building a business is not easy, it's tough, it's hard. You know, sometimes, you know, on several occasions, I heard, I heard women say, tell me how they burnt out, how they got to a tipping, they got to the point where they couldn't continue. One entrepreneur sat me down and told me how she built this company that was very, doing amazing, very profitable, but she was jeopardizing her health until she almost lost her health. So she had to give the business a break for several months. Her mom had to leave, travel across the country to come be with her, stayed with her for months just to get her to recoup, to recover. So I saw this this consistent conversation thread around women dealing with overwhelm, with burnout, with anxiety. So I started asking myself, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Because I feel that every time God puts a problem before you, every time there's this problem always in your face, either through conversations or through your experience, it means you have to step up and do something. So I started asking women, would you want a platform where we talk about these issues? We want a platform where we share. And everybody said yes. It was always a case of yes, yes, yes. Then I started talking about this event. I sat down, I did the, you know, put together the strategy for an event where women come and just share and learn ways to pursue their passion, their dreams more sustainably. I mean, you want to change the world. You want to create impact. I know that. But you can't do that at the expense of everything else, right? Mm-hmm. For people like me, I've always been a mom. I've been a mom throughout my business life. I have three babies. I need to know how to harmonize my life. I need to know how to create what they call balance, you know, how to find ways to keep the flow going so that I'm not winning in my business and being terrible as a mom, yeah, Yeah, being horrible as a wife. I have a husband, you know, being horrible. I'm married and I'm committed to a relationship in marriage and to my children. So I just started talking to women and they said, yeah, so we put together that and it was great. The reviews have been amazing. I still have reviews still today. Like, oh, Jasmine, when are we having, you know, to be 2020? So I would say it's always about what is that need and how can I use my, my experience and my expertise and my knowledge to serve more people, to create impact, you know, for, for others. Mm-hmm. And I like that concept of flow and harmonizing, mm-hmm. harmonizing your life so that, you know, if one area of your life is doing incredibly well and another area is suffering, like holistically, I like to look at things holistically, then there's obviously something there that needs to be addressed, right? Sure. And and I think even though that other part of your life is doing really well, it, it does come at a cost, but it also, I don't feel like you're able to continue to persist in that area when something else is suffering or holding you back. Yeah. And so, you know, the times where you were, you know, you're always developing your knowledge in this area, but when you were sitting down to write, you know, your courses and all that kind of stuff, what did, what did your days look like and how were you able to structure your own life so that you could, you could do it and do it well? I still struggle. You know, when I tell people that I still struggle with managing my time, I still struggle with managing my processes. I'm an organizing and productivity consultant for Christ's sake, for crying out loud. You know, there's <laughs> no one who think she figured it out. I have, I've had people say, but Jasmine, you figured it out. And I'm like, nobody has figured anything out because okay. we're all a work in progress. I still have to sit back sometimes and, you know, caution myself and tell myself, 
you are losing it right now. You need to get back. You need to get back. You need to get back to, you know, get your schedule together, get your routine together. You know, there are times when I've been heartbroken, when I've taken guilt trips, you know, you know, the mom guilt thing. Yes. Um, like, I love how you said there was a time when I was developing content for a product I was trying to release. And that product was because of the need that I saw and people asking me. I was so passionate. I wanted to get, had my deadlines I had to meet. One day I was working, my son walks in, then he says to me, mom, you know, and I was just typing away on the computer. I wasn't even, I didn't turn to look at him. They got, he got back from school. I think it was six at the time. So he says, mommy, do you love your work? I said, yes. <laughs> then he says, mommy, do you love, do you love your work more than you love us? Oh, ho, ho. oh boy. I literally froze. Like I stopped the typing. I wow. turned my chair. I looked at him and I was just shocked at that question. Like, do you love your work more than you? I would never want my child to think that work comes before them. Right. I would never. So I stopped what I was doing in that moment. I stopped everything. I stopped my tracks and I turned to him and I said, why did you say that, honey? I would never. No, I love you more than I love my work. You know, I said, but you've been working so much lately. You've not had time, you know, to really play with us. You've been so busy with your work. So I sat down in that moment and I had to caution myself. So I'm just giving you an example of how I struggle sometimes, how even the people who seem to get it, who seem to have it together, still have to get to points where they have to reassess the way they are doing life and get it get it right so i was able to i sat down with my husband i said we have to have a structure the children need to understand that you know they come first and if mommy is working they need to know that oh mommy has you know given us our time mommy and daddy have devoted the time that is required for us so we had to put a schedule together we had to create a routine to say oh after school this is the time we have for family time you know and i had to intentionally say for some days that I would not walk once my children step in. I'm done with work. I'm done with any clients, no calls, nothing. I know, like you said, you might have to, some things might have to give, but you were not designed to function in only one capacity. It's unnatural mm. for you as a human to thrive in only one thing and suck at the rest. You were, fun you were created to function in, in many capacities. And I don't believe the concept of you cannot have it all. That's a lie. You can have it all if you plan your life effectively. You may not have it all in the same proportion because right. some things may have, you may have to sacrifice some things, but you can have it all. So it's, it's just that, that belief that I go with to just make time for everything and make sure that nothing is suffering. Mm -hmm. and, and that just comes down to choice, right? Yeah. I, I like that what you added in, in terms of not believing that you can't have it all. You can have it all but at certain levels and that's where, you know, your values come through and you're saying, no, 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 like this part of my life is more important and this is the time that I'm going to allocate to making sure that it's a reflection of what I believe and what I stand for. So yes, thank you for <laughs> painting like a real picture of, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And I find it's it, it quite funny, actually, when, when people think that you have all the answers and you have some sort of secret formula, like you, you, you know, <laughs> and that's just, that's not reality. That is <laughs> right? not. That's yes. not. And I mean, we have doctors who still have health challenges. Yes. So that you are skilled in something does not immune you to the problem that that thing can solve. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. So it's just a reality of life. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there, there's one article on your website that I really, really enjoyed. Well, I enjoyed all of them. But this one specifically, you talked about, you know, obviously, it's the start of a new decade. And as much as I don't really uh, subscribe to this whole, you know, new year, new me. But I think there's, there's something to be said about um, how we can maximize our potential and how we how learning and education is, doesn't end when you finish school. And it's something mm -hmm. that you have to be doing every day. So my question specifically for you around, you know, when you were in the midst of creating something from the ground up, a program, a book, an e-course, whatever it is, this is oftentimes, I think, the work that gets left behind. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you have these frameworks shows that you've been able to structure it in your life and prioritize it, right? Yeah. And in this article, you talked about five ways to maximize your potential. Mm -hmm. And so simplicity, structure, system, sustainability, and sufficiency. Yeah. Under structure, you talk about the three Ps, 
Yes. Can you can you go over that? Like, what are the three P's, and um, how can we think about that portion or that mindset differently when we approach our own lives? Yeah. Oh my God, I love to talk about the three P's. I use the three P's a lot for my clients when I'm coaching. I say that the three P's are the three P's of your power. Mm. Don't give away your power. The three P's stand for purpose, principles, and priorities. People often lack these three components. And this is how you build a powerful life. I mean, success, like you and I know, in today's age has to be self-defined. It has to be defined by you, not what society or what any kind of system tells you that success is. So you have to come from that place of understanding your power. Your power is in your purpose, your principles, and your priorities. Mm -hmm. So that you can build your life around, everything you're building should be built around that structure. So that is what I call the framework for your existence. People who don't have, I've seen people, Naomi, I've seen people who've accomplished great things. You know, last, I think it was last year, I coached a client who is in a PhD program, in a lucrative career, in an engineering department, doing a PhD in engineering, who said to me, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Wow. Jasmine, I've spent, I'm like, this is, this. you've gotten to the heights of academic uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like achievement. Achievement. Yeah. You've gotten your near the height of academic achievement after having a PhD. That's it. How can you be at this point? This was me talking to myself, not to them directly. How can you be at this point and not understand why you're doing this? I don't understand. I don't have any purpose attached to this. So people struggle, and we have ways to help them. We have. I have models to help people like that. Like you've been in this field, you've acquired skills, you spent 12, 15 years of your life in this line of work. We need to find a way to connect this line of work to a higher cause, right? To something that serves something bigger than just a paycheck or just money in your pocket, food on your table, clothes on your back. So having purpose is very critical to your human existence. I say that it gives your life meaning. It makes it have, it gives it that strong base, that strong foundation, that strong framework. So I say I, I, I couldn't take a deep dive into the three pieces of your power. But what I encourage people to do is make sure you have clearly defined what are my life's principles? What do I lead? For me, faith is one of them. Family is one principle. Love is one of them. If there's anything, I mean, beyond just doing things that are morally or ethically right, yeah. anything that does not reflect love is out of the books for me. I don't. I would not engage in it. I would not do business with anything that is just about money in my pocket, but having to, you know, like sell crappy stuff to people you don't care you just put things in the market and we need people who have like raised their level of consciousness to understanding their three p's the three p's of their power so that they can live more meaningful lives so that for me structure is a lot it means a lot is the core of everything wow. and when people when people figure it out Naomi, you can see the glow you can see a transformational shift in their mindset and you can see it reflecting in the way that they do life People in workplaces are no longer vindictive or they are no longer uh, um, trying to trample over people to get that thing. They just do their work with purpose. They do it with excellence and they climb, they thrive, they do well without having to sacrifice values and principles. You know what I mean? So I think it's really critical to how we live, especially as we're, we're here now. We're talking about the future of work and life. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. And you know what, this just ties into how important self-awareness is, mm -hmm. you know, and I think even sitting down with yourself and identifying, like, how do you define, you know, success? What does success mean to you? Mm -hmm. What are your values? What do you stand for? What is something that you would like, what are problems that you would give anything to solve? Mm -hmm. And I think that almost provides you this this fuel and this tenacity and hunger to never settle for where you, where you at, where you're currently at or where you have been. It's, mm. it's this hope for the future and, and what you can build and what you can create. Absolutely. And, and yes, these people stand out. They stand out. This type of nature that you were describing in workplaces, I think can be so toxic, especially when people feel stuck or feel yeah. like they can't use their voice or feel powerless do you know what i mean yeah. and and when we don't have the ch the same way that you set up meetings and coffee dates with other people to learn uh, more about their doing you uh, need to set meetings and block your calendar for yourself <laughs> i know right <laughs> and this 
sit down in the, in a chair and and write and huh. reflect and think about you know wh- why am I here you know these huh. from what I think are very simple questions you know why am I here what am huh. what have I gone through the pain the suffering that I have gone through in my life that like I strongly believe that's where your purpose comes from it's like you know when you talk to people about why they're working on a certain thing oftentimes it's tied to this experience or a defining moment where they feel like they didn't have the power to speak up for themselves Mm. and in turn they want to help people overcome Mm. that's the three p's are just such an important staple that you've come up with and wow wow that's that's really defining for, for a lot of people it's, it's amazing how people don't know where their power is people often think their power is in their positions or in their paycheck or in their possessions in what they've acquired but it's an internal thing it's an inside thing i was at an event recently and i had and i heard this young professional complaining about you know the power dynamics at work how even people who are older in the workplace don't want to share power they're hoarding power they feel you know they have to you sub authority. And I'm like, why do you do that? Because you don't, we have people who don't have this, like I said, raised level of consciousness and awareness. And that's where most of us come in. We're, we're here to help the world heal, to help people. Because the reason we have a broken world is because people don't understand how to do life. They don't know, they don't know any better how to do life. And that's why we need to help equip them with that knowledge, understanding that you need to not hold on to the things that you see. Your power is in your purpose, is in how you're here to use your gifts and your talents and your, you know, your knowledge to heal the world, to help us create a better, a better world for yourself, for the future, for generations to come. So just having people understand that makes the workplace a more enabling and encouraging workplace. It takes away the toxicity in the workplace, takes away the very bad vibes, very low awareness that people take, you know, and the way that they show up in their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and how would you, you know, what, is, what are your thoughts? What are your reflections on living life on purpose and with purpose? What does that mean to you, Jasmine? It means living a life that creates impact for others. Mm-hmm. Because I, I often say that, I mean, it's good to have passion. A lot of people understand passion more than they understand purpose. So your passion is the things that, you know, that fire your soul up, like things that make you feel excited, you know, things you love to do, you enjoy doing. It's great to have passion, but you need to be able to link passion to purpose. So it leaves the passion place to the purpose place when that thing that fires you up can help you help somebody else heal. Like I said, we live in a broken world. We're always going to deal with the brokenness because that's just the way we're functioned. We're we're designed to function. We're designed to heal ourselves. You know, so your service in one part of the world can be providing healing to somebody in some distant place. So that's where purpose comes in. Understanding how, for example, I love to organize. I love, love, love. Let me not even use my field. Someone loves fashion. I love fashion. I love to design clothing. How can that thing I love serve a purpose for somebody else? or some distant place? How can he make some woman feel confident in herself? How can he make her dress herself up and show up with more confidence, with more class, right? So it's always finding a way to connect the things that you love, that fire up your soul, that light up your life to creating impact for other people. Once it leaves you, it becomes purpose. But if it's just inside of you, it's just fashion, which is great. Mm-hmm. But being able to identify the difference between the two and, and how your whole being yep. serves to, to actually put that into practice, right? Yeah. I, I, came across, I came across this funny, it's very interesting quote. <laughs> and it said, you know, people, you know, sometimes I think people think that others come into their life to make them happy and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And someone said to me recently, like, people don't come into your life to make you happy. They come into your life to make you more aware, more conscious. And, you know, and I think both negatively and positively, right? Like, so anytime that you're crossing paths with someone or you're getting into a relationship, I think, you know, that external source of, I think being around people is great and having community is powerful, Mm -hmm. but to almost what you were saying about being defined by those external things 
as a as a source is 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 remarkable like i i don't see how that can can work sustainably when you talk about leading a sustainable life and so i appreciate how you talk about that but also faith and and hope in something in the in in god and whatever you believe in the universe that Hmm. you aren't here alone and there there is a meaning to all of this and and so for you I I know that you are actively and very intentional about the projects that you're working on and uh, we talked about this briefly but the organizers connect summit what can we as individuals here in Ottawa and you know people who are going to come from from outside of Ottawa as well what can we expect? When do you plan on taking place and how can we support this movement? Yeah, so the, the, the Organizers Connect Summit is, is a platform that I created to foster the right conversations in the community of organizing professionals. So I haven't put a date for the 2020 summit. It's a virtual summit, so it's, all, it's online. Anybody can attend from anywhere. But for people to find out when the 2020 summit, because will, I will definitely have make that happen, they should stay connected on our platform, especially across social media. So we always post updates on things that we're currently working on, on events that we're, um, we're anticipating. So we will share about that. But it's just for anybody who has the interest in serving with their skills, their talent, and their passion in this capacity, in the capacity of helping people uh, live and enjoy more organized and productive lives. So if there's anybody like that listening, they can always connect with us. And we, the Organizers Connect is a platform for us to have those conversations around the impact of our work, the, the market landscape, the understanding the motivation for getting into this field, looking at some, you know, some data, some insights, some ways to follow, effectively market our services who we're targeting understanding the target market component or the you know the target customer component of our businesses individually and describing that defining that for ourselves so those are the kinds of conversations that we have on the organizers connect uh, platform but there are other things that we have in the work so just staying connected with us. I think I think everybody should connect with our platform mm-hmm. because we share we share insight for daily life. We share insights for business. I do workshops for business owners because currently, like in the introduction, you did mention that I'm a coach. I'm an organizing and productivity consultant and coach, especially for business leaders. I decided to um, narrow it down to that target market because I relate with business owners. I'm a business owner myself. I know the struggles of building a business. I know how nobody teaches you some things, even when you go to business school, even that there are things an MBA would not teach you that only experience can teach you. So, you know, I decided to come together. And if you, if for someone like me, who's passionate about helping people create structure and processes and just have, you know, the ways, the strategies to do life better, it's good to have someone like me on your team to work with you and your team members to help you get rid of anything that has to do with burnout or low productivity or wasted time, wasted money, and all of those things. So I think everybody should connect to our platform. I, I think they would find something very valuable mm-hmm. from the things exactly. that we share. Yeah, exactly. Especially, you know, especially where they are at currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I can attest to all the resources that are up there, and I definitely will be in close connection with Jasmine moving <laughs> forward. I'm so happy that our paths crossed and that we were able to, I'm, you know, as much as we talk about technology and, and all of those things and the impact that it's had on mental health. And I think like anything, it's a tool. And when we use tools to connect communities and connect individuals and spread positive messages, um, things mm. like this can happen, right? Hmm. And so for you, I love this question. It's not the final question that we ask on the podcast, but so the biggest choice that I had to make to fulfill my destiny is? It's to believe in myself. Hmm. That would be it. To believe that I, I am in this for a purpose because so many times I doubt myself. My husband was saying to me the other day, I was revealing something that, you know, I'm a Christian, so I talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. And I said, the Holy Spirit dropped the word in my heart. And he said to me, this is going to be your, the way that you pitch yourself and, and your personal mission. 
and I when I told my husband that I said the Holy Spirit said to me that you you need to pitch yourself as the person who's here to equip and empower people for the future of life and work. Oh. But I started to doubt. I said, who, why me? Who am I? Who knows me? I mean, what, right. are, what are my qualifications? There are people who have PhDs in economics, in, 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 in disciplines like economics, like, you know, management, self-development, personal, um, personal development and self-improvement. There are people who are pros in these fields. Who am I to be the one to, you know, to get this messaging? And my husband says, are you kidding me? Don't you know that God doesn't call the qualified? He qualifies you after he calls you. So if God has oh. called you and given you a message and said, this is how you need to present, this is a message you need to present to the world, yes. you better not doubt it. You better believe in yourself. So that's one thing that has helped me in my journey, to be able to stand up and speak to people and pitch my business ideas to people and you know, bring people on board as partners or you know, as even clients. I, I have to have that self-belief that I'm person who been who has been called to do this and there's nobody else who can do it like I can do it. So wow. that would be the biggest thing for me. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think that's, that's what a lot of people are experiencing is this. Why me? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's definitely a running tape that I have in, in, in my own head and it's, it stops you from doing the work that you're meant to do here. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And actually serving other people. So, you know, when we talk about partnerships, when we talk about the incredible people that we choose to have in our lives, mm. this, this is a beautiful representation of that. Mm. Right? Like we, we can't do this alone, but we, we have, like you just mentioned, you know, an example of your husband and, I'm I'm in awe. I want to clap for all of that <laughs> because that that's <laughs> he's absolutely supportive. Very amazing. He's really yes. helping me on my journey. Yeah. Yes, and this is a partnership, and I can. He yeah. is definitely going to say the same thing about you. So, uh, wow! Like I, I just hope for people to realize that you know discernment is so important. Like who the the power of choice, right? Yeah. And, and surrounding yourself with people that you can rise with and that are not going to hold you back. So, wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And, and the final question on the power of why is just mean, what, what is your why? What, you know, when shit hits the fan, when you're tired and you're maybe on the brink of giving up, sometimes we have these thoughts on your mission. What is the reason that, that you keep going? And I want you to be really specific. Naomi, the reason would be to create impact for others. And when I say create impact, it's not just like in the terms of my work, it's in the terms of how I do life every day. My, my daughter called me, she's five. She called me the other day and said, um, the other day and said, mom, you're the best mommy in the world ever. Wow. Those are the things I live for. You know, my husband gave me a Valentine's card the other day and said, you know, I can see how much I depend on you for support. Thank you is in the creating of impact in the creation of impact for others that is my why whether it's through my work through my daily life it, i i have to do it do it through all the components of my life um the other day my pastor at church called me he said he called me on some other lady and he said he called us into his office and said kneel down i want to pray for you mm-hmm. because that lady and i stayed back in church for several hours late into the night we're trying to set up some things in our church we're trying to get the church ready for christmas and we we left our children we left everything we stayed to do work because the church is my christian community it has really impacted my life it's it brings value to me on a on a weekly basis so i don't have any problem in investing in the church and creating impact so my pastor called us and he knelt us down and he prayed and said you built god's house you contributed your resources your time in building god's house god will build your lives those are the kind of moments Mm. i live for when I finished my event that I held last year, I know how many clients called me. Some hugged me. Somebody called me on the phone and she was literally crying. Like, Jasmine, thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for the change that you're trying to bring to the world. I took away a lot of things from that event. So those are the moments I live for. Just helping create better experiences for people. Helping people do life better in many capacities. That's just my why. Because I don't want to be stuck up on my work. 
you know i don't know if you saw that interview of oprah winfrey several years ago when she just she had just started her talk show and the interviewer when i first watched the interview i was very upset at the interview i was like what kind of questioning is this when she said i know the oprah winfrey talk show will do well i can't remember his name i think it's mike wallace i'm not sure and did then he, he say he what if it her, doesn't what, or something what if it doesn't Yes. What if it doesn't? Yeah. You know, so when, 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 but in hindsight, I, that was a great question. That was a great question. I saw in Oprah's response, I saw a woman who had the high level of self-awareness. She said, well, if it doesn't do well, I will do well. Yes. Yes. My I life, remember oh, this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great for me to build a great business. It's great for me to be the biggest to create impact in the world. But if that doesn't do well, I, as a person, will do well. So it's about creating impact with our lives, not just having a big platform. If my business is not what I intend for or I don't hope for, if the business fails, what what value are you going to bring to the world even without that platform called your business or called you know that big thing that you're building? So it's about creating impact with our daily lives with all the different components of our lives. Because Oprah said, well, if it fails, I will not fail. I'm not defined by anything. I'm right. defined by how I treat people, how I care about myself and others. Mm -hmm. It's your presence. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for everything, Jasmine. I appreciate you even taking the time to, to chat with everyone on this, on this podcast, and this episode. And I really encourage folks who are listening to, to get in contact with Jasmine and the work that she's doing and help, like, allow her to serve you and what you're building too at the end of the day, right? Um, and so Thank I think you, you beautifully stated your, your purpose and your reason and the thing that keeps you going. And I just pray that you continue to do the work that you do in a very healthy and sustainable way. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much, Naomi. It's so, so, so great chatting with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You can find the show notes at naomihiley.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Power of Why on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I look forward to you listening to next week's episode.